two, one, let's go. It's time to dad up. Welcome to the dad up podcast, the podcast for dads about dads being dads. Get ready for exciting guests talking about their experiences of parenting, the good and the not so good. Bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode and let's get started. Here is your host, Brian Ward. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in or watching wherever you are. Make sure you guys subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of the awesome guests like the one I have joining me today. This guy is incredible. He's got uh, just a remarkable uh, history of success in the things that he's doing. He's a professional uh, free runner, and uh, he's been featured on, gosh, TV shows, right? Movies, uh, commercials. Uh, he was he even did some damage on American Ninja Warrior. So uh, uh, he's got, uh, gosh, I want to say th- over 30 million views, right? On different different platforms. And he's got almost 2 million followers throughout all his social media. This guy is just incredible. Um, I'm glad he's decided to join us today and talk about his dad experiences. But Jesse LaFleur, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, hey thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. For my listeners who may not know who you are, um, let's run through a back history of you. You know, I want to know a little bit more about you, how you grew up, uh, the kind of things you went through, uh, how you kind of transitioned into your role uh, that you're doing now. Uh, Cause you know, you've been a stunt double on in various shows and things like that. And then obviously I want to know about your family. It's a dad podcast. I want to know about your kids and your family. So um, hit us with your history. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I grew up um, the youngest of three in Long Island, New York. Um, my dad was always into like motors. And so we grew up with like quads and snowmobiles and little motorcycles and you know, I was riding a motorcycle when I was three years old and not able to touch the ground. So some of my earliest lessons were like really learning how to like do things on your own, right? When you stop, you have to jump off the motorcycle. Otherwise it's going to fall on you and burn your skin. Um, so his parenting style might not be uh, the favorite for some other people out there, but it definitely helped shape me into who I was and helped me learn uh, about sort of self-control and, and the fact that I am the one responsible for the things that happen to me. So through that sort of understanding, I grew up loving action sports. I did anything and everything with boards, bikes, blades. Um, and that, that slowly led me into this world of, yeah, just extreme sports and this idea of maybe going pro within one of them. So as I continued, I sort of found the things I liked the most, BMX, dirt jumping, and this rollerblading became like a really big passion of mine because it was very much like these things are attached to you and you are the one that does the things. Um, and as I started to really get into that, I got my first little sponsor and it was cool. I was getting a bunch of free stuff. Um, and, and then I ended up going to college where I discovered parkour. These guys who, you know, if you're not familiar with parkour, it's, it's all about being fast and efficient, uh, overcoming any obstacle that's in your way. It, there are no tools. You're not, you know, there's no BMX bike or blades or snowboards or you are the device. So you are responsible for taking off, but you're also responsible for absorbing all that impact and landing. Um, so through that, I just kind of fell in love with this idea of being in control and being in, in movement, um, which led me to New York City where I worked, uh, well, I should mention for whatever reason, I ended up going to school for art education. And then I transitioned into getting my bachelor's of fine arts in, in sculpture. Um, but because of parkour and this idea of movement, I just like, I was like, I, I want to have fun. I want to make a living doing off the things, uh, doing the things I love. So I'd go home every summer and be the head camp counselor at a skate park. 
Um, so when I got to New York, I was working in a gallery, but I was also searching the web for Craigslist for ads and things that really like could allow me to make a living off of the parkour. And I found this really cool casting for Eastman Kodak company. And they were shooting this short film commercial up in Rochester, New York. And so I sent them this video. I made my first like real parkour video and they loved it and ended up casting me as the, the lead character of this thing that they followed me through this whole like journey into through into the city and um into a circus and um long story short it was it was just like a taste of like hollywood magic there was real film cameras there was the you know the guy uh, fred murphy who shot like freddy versus jason and the secret window and all these different like cool films so all of a sudden i was like oh this is what it feels like to have like a real film production um be a part of a real film production which then led me to the idea of like well maybe i should move to hollywood um, 12 years later, here we are. I have probably over 50 film credits. I've had guest starring roles in TV shows. Um, I've had, uh, I was part of a show called ultimate tag, which I was one of the, um, oh pro taggers and that, that did well. It was the number one show, um, in the summer on Fox, as well as like you said, American Ninja warrior, uh, all these kind of crazy adventures, um, as well as stunt double and nightcrawler for the X-Men films. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Marvel, Mandalorian, tons of cool credits. And uh, and now we're actually in a really interesting transitional point in my life because uh, my son is 20 months old, just over okay. a year and a half, heading to two. Um, and I had continued to sort of work stunt jobs, but I am currently been on the road now for two months, living in an RV. We put all our stuff in storage, got out of the place, the house, three-bedroom um, house that we were renting in Orange County. And um, we're actually currently seeking out like where, where are we going next? And what is that next passion that might fuel me to like have fun and make a new living? So, mm. all right, cool. Well, let me ask you this, you know, when you were growing up, obviously your dad was kind of into the motorsports kind of thing and you were riding mo- dirt bikes and all that kind of stuff. Was there any uh, major injuries that you might've suffered? Because obviously those kind of sports, I mean, you kind of experience something like that. So, well, I, I mean, and, you know, you hear a lot of like, I don't know, you do skateboarding and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. you hear about these guys that, that endure some serious, uh, especially with these extreme sports, some serious injuries. What, what do you think some of been some of yours? Yeah, I mean, through parkour and I guess all the action sports, I've had blown out ankles. And I'm trying to think of like a lot of the action sports stuff, like I have broken fingers, uh, I had 18 stitches in my shin. My collarbone kind of sticks out weird. I don't know when that happened, but I, I think I fractured my ribs doing BMX stuff. So I landed on my head and compacted that. Oh, wow. Definitely have like some back crazy stuff that happened, like a bulging discs and herniated discs and kind of gotten over all that through physical therapy. And so through a lifetime of action sports, I'm 36 right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and doing action sports from such a young age, you're putting your body through, you know, pretty bad stuff for, for that long of a time. So your, your like age versus your like action sports age is a very kind of different thing, right? Cause you're using your body to such an extreme version of what most people do. Yeah. Did your parents approve of what you wanted to do? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, like I said, I think my dad was always kind of in the, in the realm of like, if you're being smart about it, right. If you're thinking, if you're leading, like figuring out ways to lead up to the thing you're doing, you're checking your surfaces, right? Like I think one of the first times I jumped off something in front of them because I had learned about the ability to, to control momentum by 
no matter, you know, depending on the height of something you're jumping off of, even if it's like this, you jump straight down, all your impacts going down into your body. But if you can get your momentum to jump out and roll out of it, you're actually like absorbing your momentum along your path, not down into the ground. So I think I was excited after I kind of learned how to control that. I went and jumped off some big trailer we had and his concern was like, did you check the roof of that thing? You push off and all of a sudden your feet don't, you know? So he's, he was more interested in like, are you thinking about what you're doing um, before you do it? Not just what you're doing, but the things that you're doing it on and everything else that leads around it. So, yeah, I mean, but for the most part, you know, they always kind of approved and supported it for sure. Oh, that's interesting that you bring up kind of the proper way to, to absorb impact. And, and when you're doing these various jumps, did you go through any training? Uh, did you have to do extensive training to learn it or is just kind of trial by error? No, trial by error. I think that's the, the biggest thing that parkour as a sport has ever taught me. And pretty much most action sports will teach you this. Otherwise, you just end up giving up because you're like, I can't get it, is the idea that progressions are king. If you can learn to take the tiny steps and celebrate them and 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 break things down to the tiniest progressions, then it's really much easier to get to that end goal because you're not thinking about like, how do I get from here to up here? Well, yeah. you just walk up, walk up the stairs and all of a sudden it's going to be a lot easier to get there. You know? So um, through that, you you start to problem solve in a very different way, not just in movement, but in, in life. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, you know, obviously as we get older, our bodies, you know, kind of break down a little bit. Uh, I mean, you said you're 36 now. Um, obviously, is it going to be some sort of, uh, you know, I guess physical training as far as keeping your body in shape? Uh, is that something you're pretty big on uh, to keep, make sure that you don't suffer the normal injuries that maybe I would if I tried to do something? Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely at this age, I'm already starting to feel and, you know, because we're so aware of our bodies and what we are capable of and that regeneration of like, tissue and strength and how sore you last. And, um, I, I've definitely recognized, all right, injuries are hitting in a very different way. So you know, I injured my ankle, probably one of the worst and in, ankle injuries I've done in, in my career, um, about eight months ago. And it's still not good. Like it's, it's part of the reason why I've stepped out of doing, um, that much parkour. I'm leaving Hollywood to potentially see what's next is because um, for one, my body's not reacting the same way that I wish it would, which then causes this sort of, not only, not only a pressure in, in the performance side of me, because I'm getting hired by stunt coordinators that, that expect me to be able to be capable of the things they've seen me do online, which, you know, from all the very, very active, super in it training, of course, you're very tuned in and, and you're showing the world some of your best stuff. So there was a pressure there that uh, we're going to hire you. And I don't know if they want me to do the gnarliest thing I've ever done and expect me to be capable and ready for it um, or, or not. But regardless, I think, you know, more so I've kind of had this, this recent discovery of like stunts are dangerous. A lot of people think, oh, well, it's Hollywood. You guys get pads and mats and all this stuff. And at the end of the day, it, it's not always like that. It's you're almost guaranteed to get bumps and bruises. Um, I wrote a book called how to become a stuntman. And in that book, I break down quite a bit of this stuff about, you know, that there's one whole chapter that stunts are dangerous. Um, and, and everyone I interviewed anonymously agreed, like you're going to get hurt. It's just how hurt do you get? Um, so during quarantine, uh, I think my son was nine months old. I got hired to do a job in Atlanta 
And part of the whole COVID thing was we were had to be super isolated, tested every day. We weren't allowed to leave the hotel, go straight from the hotel to set. They'd scan our cars. It was, a, it, was a, it was a circus of like keeping everybody COVID safe. But part of that journey was that I had to be there alone and to leave my son and my wife at home. And then on top of it, there was one stunt that I was doing that was this big sequence that led me to sliding down this thing backwards, breaking through these boards on the scaffolding and then falling to another like 10 feet to the ground on, on a kind of a hidden mat. But because it was on scaffolding, when we did the test, I got pushed to the side at one of them. And I, I, I was very close to hitting these metal scaffolding bars that Ooh. just can't be covered for the shot. So heading into doing the shot for real that day, you don't know how many times you're going to do it. There's now cameras, you know, they're, they're changing angles. In this particular shot, they use drones literally coming in, breaking through the boards after me. And so I was going into that day with this very interesting first time experience of like, I have a son now, like if, if I do hit my head and I've seen head injuries, I, I put out a film called Bound by Movement. It's a documentary about our last tour. And during that tour, we had one of our athletes hit his head really bad and it took him out of the ability to walk and talk mm. for oh, wow. um, quite a while. And, and luckily he's, he's pretty much made a full recovery. But through that experience, I've kind of had this like post-traumatic stress about head injuries because I'm, I've now witnessed so, uh, so many of them and I've seen what they've, they can do to a person like that. So I literally had this moment uh, before I left to set that day where I sat in my hotel room and I filmed uh, like a goodbye video. I just crying and i'm like if you're seeing this you know uh that whole the whole spiel and i saw i've never watched that video luckily my wife and son have never seen it hopefully they never will um but it was this moment of realization that what i'm doing as a stuntman might not be worth the money um for our family if it has the potential to change our lives for the worst mm -hmm. you know so through that i've kind of like these things that are all happening getting older and this stuff happening it was like all right well what is next you know, is there another passion that I can find that's going to fuel me? Is there another location in this United States that that's just so overwhelmingly beautiful that can hold us there and, and blow us away? So, and that's why we're on the road right now. Have you figured it out yet? Do you know what you <laughs> want to do? No, no. I mean, we definitely checked out Oregon and Washington as places that we, we find are beautiful. A lot of people have been talking about Idaho. So we're heading to Sandpoint tomorrow. But in terms of the passion, I mean, I I think what I love is giving people an experience. And through our tours, I've hosted, I think, over 60 events around the world and the globe. And each one of those events, probably the most happiest moments, not just being an athlete, but getting to give people the experience of being there together and bringing communities together. And so I, I think it's probably going to end up doing something with that idea, whether it's you know buying a bunch of land and making really cool experiences for people to go and, you know, come in and, and find, and maybe it's a retreat or some, you know, cool, cool space like that, but yeah, not sure That's yet. Cool. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Open-ended. Oh. <laughs> All right. Now kind of transitioning now kind of into your dad role, you got a two month old, obviously, you know, the first question that comes to mind when I, when I think of, you know, little boys, I have two boys now they're adults they are 22 and 19. So um, I've got a little bit more experience in you as a father, but I know thinking back to them when they were growing up and some of the risky things, I mean, kids are fearless. Uh, some of the risky things that they did, uh, I'm just like, oh, be careful. Oh, you know, you go over, run over and grab them or something. Um, but knowing who you are and the things that you've gone through, I mean, you think you're going to be that kind of dad where, you know, your son decides to climb up on the table, the dining room table one day and 
decides to jump off. I mean, you're going to be the one. No, don't do that. Or you just yeah. let him, let him do it. Let him experience yeah, yeah. it. No, it's a, it's a great question. So he's actually 20 months old right now. Okay. He started walking across the room, not like, Oh, he's take his first step, like walking across the room on his own at eight months. So oh. at about five months, he was already like standing and pushing a box around. And it was like absolutely mind blowing how functional he was. But with that idea of him being this extremely functional young child comes, you know, is he capable like, is he capable of, of understanding the repercussions of the things that he's surrounding himself and jumping off or walking to or stepping over? And um, so I think a lot of people, because of my history, expected me to be able to sit back and go like, all right, let's see what he does. But instead, my wife, Brian, is, is way more, all right, he'll be all right. Because I think, like I said about the head stuff, is like, I'm so aware of how you can get injured and the things that will injure you. And in the spatial awareness or the mental mapping that comes out of doing parkour in any environment, you know, I see the little like two inch step here or that crack that's going to catch his toe. So I'm constantly in this like turmoil of like, protecting him and it, it actually defense is defense mode yeah it's super defense mode and it's very draining um because my <laughs> I, you know i'm trying to have conversations with people and i just have this like spotlight vision of just being like watching him and oh yeah I know. and you know and it's like so it's it's been interesting um to see what kind of father challenges uh i'm facing but at this point he's 20 months old he has been walking for a while he is getting super functional his movement his skills are are great and and i think even from like four months i was teaching him how to like you're on a pillow like we had this big fluffy love sack thing and he taught him how to like oh if you want to get down you hang on here and drop down to your feet and he like he got it so i started teaching him like if you're going to do these things you just do it properly right and he's still learning but it, it is amazing to me how quickly they do get it how quickly they they'll understand yeah. and, and mimic your movement and see the things that you're doing they are adults right like yeah. kids are just little adults who are, are developing their brain so i think when you think about it like that it's it's such a powerful stance versus like yeah. you don't get it you know right like, right yeah that's cool um I, I, I want to ask you this question. It's kind of a kind of a two-part question or two parts to the question. The first being, you know, if your if your son decides he wants to kind of follow your path and kind of get into the extreme sports that you got into, uh, how would you react to that? And then the second part to that question is, you know, if you have if if parents that are listening to this have kids that may have an interest or are showing these kinds of uh interest in this type of sport um, what would you say to those parents so kind of a two-part yeah. question for yeah you. no totally get it yeah i mean i think when he was first announced as like oh we're having a son or and he came into the world i had so many of my fans um online just kind of being like he he's gonna be a parkour legend you know all this stuff and and so much of my stance was like no he can be whatever he wants to be i don't i don't want to push him into anything specifically that idea of like, you should do this, you know, follow my footsteps. Like there's no, no there's no urging me to want him to do it. But like you're saying, if he decides that that's what he wants to do because he's seen it he's around it, I don't know. I will a hundred percent support it because it is not only has it made me a much better person in all aspects of life as a, as a person, as a, a businessman, as a student of life, like, 
it, it could teach you so much. And I think to your other point, for any parents out there who have a, a kid that is interested in any action sport or any anything that is like sort of that self-development side of it is in a team sport and might seem a little dangerous and extreme is like by not supporting them, you're setting them up to potentially do it the wrong way or, you know, or again, be shamed about it. And then it kind of creates this like want to do it even more. And then they, they're not supported to do it safely. Right. And mm-hmm. the, the beautiful thing about parkour is um, I'm also a co-owner of a company called Tempest Free Running. We have three very professionally made parkour and free running gyms. Some of the biggest versions of that in the world. Two of those are in California and one of them is in Dallas, Texas. And there are places like that that exist all around the world, not just the US, that you can take your child to. And, and now they're not, you know, instead of being fearful of them jumping off of something because they think it's cool or they've seen on the internet, and they don't get it. Now you're teaching them how to, well, if you're going to do it anyway, let me show you how to do it correctly. And that's where, you know, you hopefully get a good instructor or someone who can teach, teach them not only the ability to do it, but the progressions of doing it and then to respect the idea of progressions. Yeah, I think it's, I think you're right. And, you know, it comes to anything, whether it's, uh, you know, those type of sports or even just playing, you know, basketball or baseball or whatever, you have the proper coaches and proper uh, instruction to get you to become better at it and more proficient at it, uh, I think is important. So at those, at those uh, facilities that you're talking about, that you are a co-owner at, so you say you, there, there are coaches there, there are trainers there that, that parents can hire to, to work with their kids. Yeah, yeah. And they can go to classes. And I think even more so than like getting better is like having fun, right? I think that's the beauty of parkour for all of us that do it is that it's just this incredibly fun thing to do. And you, you experience growth every day. And I guess the question would be, well, well, how could you experience growth every day? Because so much of what the sport is, is, is finding whatever your current physical limitation is or your mental limitations are and trying to push that a little bit further, right? I think that's, that should be the goal to any sport, but when you're the one, like, you know, like deciding what that limit is, finding it on, you know, cause you're the only one that can find it. You, I can't look at you and go, eh, maybe your jump is this big. Like you have to know, you have to try it and then try to figure out the way to do it a little bit better, right? Or a little bit bigger or a little bit, you know, scarier. Um, Right. (laughs) All right. Well, cool. Well, let me ask you this. If the lessons, were there any particular lessons that you learned from your parents that you hope to maybe, you know, kind of adapt into your role as a parent? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I, I, my takeaways from my my father um, really is that sort of how and why, things work right what do i mean by that specifically like this this idea of if we understand the thing and we break down like yeah how how something is happening then we're not just like shooting in the dark and it sounds like such a broad statement but like you can apply it to anything so one of one of my favorite things to do is is try to explain things to my son and um those of us those people who have been around me while parenting we talk very like normal to him since he was such a baby we don't do the baby voice and that stuff and um, i'm explaining things and using words that he doesn't understand yet but you just you 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 work through it and if i say a word that i don't think he's ever heard before i'll kind of be like and eh, that means this you know and like and then keep talking and and as he gets older and we get even more into that sort of conversational state i think it's really going to just be this idea of like 
yeah, just breaking things down and trying to understand them before you try to do the thing. And whether that's as simple as like, you know, putting the triangle in the square, right. you know, well, like, how do you explain that? Well, this shape here is too big. These edges are hitting and yeah. uh, this whole puzzle is based on things lining up and matching. So if they match, you have to turn, you know, it's just like yeah. explaining it, but that then applies to, to everything. You know, how do you get big on social media? How do you grow your following? Well, first we have to understand why social media exists, right? Where it's, it's you know created by these businesses that are using you know people to market their products and get so like then you start understanding something. You're not just posting a random video. You're you're actually like creating a video with the recipe of how and that fits in, you know, the right way. Yeah, I get that. Um, now your your son's two months old. Uh, obviously, 20. he's too young. For, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> twenty months old. Okay, uh, twenty months old. He is uh, obviously too young for this questioning right now. But if I were to ask him a few years from now, um, tell me something about your dad. What would you hope he would say about you? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, my, I think my my hope would that would be that he would would say that he lived uh, like sort of happy he's just a happy passionate person or he he followed his passions and and didn't yeah i don't know it's like so it's a good one because i think it's it's so much of what i'm developing right now and trying to figure out like what i want to do because i think i've had such a good past of doing all these things but yeah i I hope that he can just kind of see like that me as a person yeah just lived a passionate life and didn't let the the stress of the the world stop me from doing anything that I, yeah, I might not want to do. Yeah. Well, I would encourage you as a, as a kind of a new dad, I mean, you're a new dad. So I would encourage you as he grows and, you know, kind of uh, evolves as a little human being uh, continue to ask that question of him. Yeah. Uh, Cause his, his opinion will change and, and, you know, kids will be brutally honest with you. So uh, it'll help <laughs> you. It may help you become a better dad. Uh, just yeah. Some of the things he might say to you. So um, well, cool. Well, let me ask you this. If my listeners want to look you up, learn a little bit more about you, what's the best place for them to do that? Yeah. I mean, I'm on everything, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. Um, you could just search my name, which is Jesse LaFlair, um, J-E-S-S-E, LaFlair, L-A-F-L-A-I-R. And if they have any interest um, in getting into the stunt world, um, they can check out my book uh, called How to Become a Stuntman at howtobecomeastuntman.com. Awesome. Well, very cool. Well, listen, Jesse, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that you came on. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I'm glad we've gotten a chance to know each other. Um, so thank you very much for, uh, for being on the show, brother. I really appreciate it. You, you represent the data community very well, even though you're a new dad, uh, I can see your heart is in it. Uh, so keep doing what you're doing, brother. Hey, thank you. Everybody. This has been another episode of data podcast. Thank you very much for joining and listening, watching wherever you are, make sure you hit that subscribe button. So you don't miss any of the shows. And uh, thanks again to my good friend, Jesse, the fire for being on. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the dad up podcast. Be sure to subscribe. So you don't miss the next weekly episode while you're at it, leave a rating and review. And if you know someone, this show can help be sure to share it with them. Want to learn more? Check out the website at daduptribe.com or leave Brian a message on Instagram at daduppodcast. Podcast.